Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Glad to have you with us for Text Talk today. Jackson Cook is sitting in for Andrew Roberts. Super glad that you are here with us today, Jackson. Good to see you. Glad to be here. Okay, we're going to be in Acts 18 again, and I'm going to be reading from verse 9 all the way through verse 23. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. But... When Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him before the tribunal, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or vicious crime, O Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. But since it is a matter of questions about words and names and your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of these things. And he drove them from the tribunal. And they all seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. But Gallio paid no attention to any of this. After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. At Sincrea he had cut his hair, for he was under a vow. And they came to Ephesus, and he left them there. But he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he departed and went from one place to the next through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. So, Jackson, I notice as we read through Acts, we don't get a lot of time markers. A lot of times it just says things like some days and many days. But here at Corinth, we get a year and six months. What do you think is up with that? Yeah, so in verse 10, uh, Paul gets in a vision from God, and God tells him that he's not going to be experiencing attacks or harm from opposition. And then what follows that in verse 11 is this statement that, He stayed there for a year and six months. And so right off the bat, recalling the history and recalling the previous chapters that we've been studying in the book of Acts, it's typically not long before Paul starts uh, running into some trouble when he rolls into these towns proclaiming the gospel. And when you say running into some trouble, that does seem to be a little bit of an understatement. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, from, I would say, stoning and uh, things like that are not exactly, you know. Yeah. Yeah, trouble. That's yeah. trouble. Yeah. That's right here in River City, you've got trouble. That's right. So a <laughs> little bit of trouble there. Okay. And so we've got this period of time where Paul is kind of permitted by God's providence to continue evangelizing and proclaiming the gospel. And the merits of that are, you know, just amazing to see that Paul is able to work for this period of time. However, uh, we see in verse 12 that that period of time comes to an end. And okay. it says, but when Gallio heard about this. And then, again, we get back to the normal uh, track of things of the opposition from the Jews and the trouble that he undergoes there when 
teaching. Yeah, so the time marker here is when Gallio was a proconsul of Achaia. Uh, for those who know the history, you were able to look up and say, oh, I wonder when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia. Luke Luke drops those kinds of things in in his writing because he is a, uh, a he is an historian. He, he's very good at it, and he does what historians do. He drops these markers in to give us this kind of indication. When Gallio was a proconsul, the Jews made a united attack on Paul. And so we've got this period of time, and I, I think that's exactly what we're seeing. There is something that is is not the norm for Paul, and that is here's this period of time that is that is one of relative peace. I, I mean, I have no doubt that there were folks who opposed, but I feel like it's probably the same kind of opposition we often face today. I, I mean, I've been preaching for 25 years now, and honestly, I have never experienced the kind of opposition that Paul goes through. I haven't had people that are trying to attack me. I've not been stoned. I have not been stoned. Okay. I, I mean, I've, I've seen some people that look like they wanted to stone me every <laughs> once in a while in a sermon, but nobody's All ever right. actually done it. But there's been opposition. So I feel like he probably had a year and a half that's basically kind of like what we have gotten to experience in America for most of my adult life. And maybe that's going to change. But yes, there's some opposition. There may be some folks that are debating and arguing, but it's not this somebody's come into town and I'm specifically trying to poison the minds against you and get them to attack you and get them to drive you out of town. He's got a year and a half of relative peace where he's able to proclaim the gospel and the church in Corinth is growing, but it does come to an end. There is a point where, okay, now we're going to attack. Yes. And so I think what we can really begin to start to take away from these time markers and these seasons of safety and tranquility and then back to opposition and being put in harm's way is the powerful ability of Paul and the apostles to persevere and to push through. Perseverance. What a great word. I know the word I've been using on this one is tenacity, but it's the same idea. So let's talk about perseverance. Give me give me some, some help on what perseverance or tenacity would look like. Yeah. So I think for me personally, I'm really into lifting. And when L- I... Lifting... Weightlifting. Okay. <laughs> lifting weights <laughs> in a gym. I, I've just been wondering as you've walked around the office, lifting a chair, lifting... No. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Weightlifting. Yes. Got it. Weightlifting okay. in the gym. So how does that relate? Tell me. Right. So when I first got into that, when you first go into weightlifting, it is very difficult to start seeing results immediately unless you're going to be consistent and you're going to persevere through the pain your muscles begin to ache and they wear down and they get torn and they have to rebuild. And the way that they do that is by proper consistency and perseverance. You you mentioned something, if I can just break in here, Uh, you mentioned persevering through the pain that that catches my attention because perseverance is not just sticking with something. I mean, I brush my teeth every day. We don't necessarily call that persevering because I've decided to brush my teeth every day. But but lifting weights is persevering because when you're doing it and, and you're you're doing it to really achieve these results, there's some pain that, that's pushing back against sticking with it. Yes, absolutely. So so perseverance is, is that idea, not just I keep doing the same thing again and again, but even though it hurts, even though there's opposition, even though something is pushing back. Yeah, you can face resistance, I think, a lot in weightlifting, whether that's mentally, you know, thinking that you're tired, that you're sore, that you don't want to be there. There's other things you could be doing, or whether that's physically your body telling you that you're sore and that you're tired and you don't want to get out of bed and that your knees kind of hurt. But if you hurt now, 
you'll reap the re- the results later. Okay, cool illustration. Tell me how this is how you're how you're connecting this with what Paul's going through here. Yeah, so I think Paul, what he's seeing here is he's proclaiming the message. All of this opposition that he faces, it probably stings a little bit. And at times, I think it could be discouraging. And when your life is in danger and when people have tried to stone you and every good thing that you try to do seems to be countered by somebody trying to uh, tear apart what you're building, uh, that could definitely discourage you from wanting to continue in your mission. But what we see in the book of Acts is Paul's ability, uh, like you said, tenacity, his ability to hold on and grip on to the message and use that and allow it to carry him through whatever opposition he faces. It reminds me of James's op- the, the opening of James's letter where he says, count it all joy my brothers, when you encounter various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So it seems to me like what you're pointing out here is that Paul is a living, breathing example of what James says in James 1 and verse 2. Here's, here's pushback, here's resistance, here's opposition, and Paul has a choice there. He can either give up which of course means he's not exercising the spiritual perseverance muscles, or he can persevere. He can hang on, and that's exercising those muscles. And sometimes it's painful, and it hurts, and it rips, and it tears. But by going through that, that's what causes the growth, which allows him to be even better at it as he continues on. Is, is that what you're getting at? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's fair to go ahead and point out here by bringing up James, it's more than just the apostles that experience this. This is really the walk of a Christian of what it means to live for Christ is that you're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to face that opposition. And I mean, in parts of the world today, we may see that on more extreme levels. But here in America, where you know things are a little bit Uh, more calm for us, there is still opposition that we're going to have to face. And if we're truly going to take up our cross and we're going to live as Christians, not just as apostles that we're evangelizing and proclaiming, as a Christian, you're going to have to suffer. So when I exercise the perseverance muscles of my spirituality, they grow. Absolutely. And it makes it easier to persevere as the trials get bigger and harder. So earlier this week, uh, into last week, oh, I can't remember. And of course, uh, hey, just a reminder, we record these several weeks before they actually air. So when you're hearing this, I'm talking a month ago. Um, I was listening to a podcast and heard a statement and it basically said, we don't rise to the occasion, we resort to our training. And I thought it was a powerful statement. Even when I heard it, I I knew it had that gist of, okay, this guy didn't make this up. This is a statement, and either I've never heard it or it just hasn't caught my attention before. What was hilarious is like three hours later on a completely different kind of podcast, I heard almost the exact same statement again. Um, And so I looked it up, and I guess the original statement is something like, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We sink to the level of our training. So anyway that's the the thing that's happening here. We, we are being trained by our experiences and, and how do I respond to that? And so uh, when the, when the opposition is small, as I stick with it, as I persevere, as the opposition grows, my perseverance can grow. So I need to, I need to do that now, even, even though I'm saying in our present condition, the opposition is not great. Like it was in Paul's, I've got to persevere now so that if it becomes like that, 
I can resort to the training of yeah, perseverance. You want to be ready. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. So when, when, uh, when you are asked to help somebody move, you will be able to resort to your weightlifting training while I will just complain about how my back hurts. That's right. I imagine so. if you're even there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the back has gotten so bad. I, I can't even help people move anymore right now. The really frustrating thing is not being able to play ultimate Frisbee. That's, that's, the, that's the struggle. But so, Paul, I, I want us to see this tenacity, and I appreciate you bringing up this perseverance. This has been a great conversation as you've given what a, a wonderful illustration that I think really can, can make it alive and, and push it into our hearts and minds about the idea of perseverance. We see the tenacity of Paul. Yes, he had a year and a half of relative peace, but the attack came again, and what did he do? He actually stayed for many days longer. But when he left, what did he do? He went somewhere else and he started teaching. And then he ends up getting back to Antioch of Syria and what does he do? He then takes another trip. Paul is tenacious. He is, he is focused on getting this gospel out, and he is focused on helping people surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, and so he sticks with it. He perseveres. When he goes through trials, he counts it joy, and he lets the steadfastness have its work. I, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not, where Neither Paul am was. I. I'm not where Paul was, but I'm wanting to grow. And so this is, this is helping me see a place where I need to be praying and, and seeking the Lord's strength on this. So I appreciate you bringing that out. Hey, what are you learning from the text? What do you see something else other than just the perseverance and the tenacity of Paul? Maybe there's something that's really benefiting you. Please send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let us know what you're learning or what questions you have. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer, Jackson. Oh Lord, our God. You are our rock. You are our anchor in the deep. Father, pray that we would hold steadfast to you, that we would be like Paul, that we would be tenacious, that we would firmly grip on to your word, to your message, and to your love in sending your son for us. We pray that as we work as, as your servants, that we would be tenacious, that we would persevere through the trials, that we would count it joy when we suffer for your name, Lord. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.